It's Divas That Care Radio, stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello, and welcome to the Metaphysical Mastery Podcast. This is a mother and daughter musing podcast where we talk about different topics in spirituality and metaphysics that will help you to live a better life uh, and different practices and tips and tools. Today, we are talking about the mother wound, and I'm very excited to introduce you to this. But first, let me introduce you to my mom, Peggy Nelligan. Hi, um, I'm Peggy Nelligan. I'm the former director of the Metaphysical Center in New Jersey, and I'm currently on the advisory board. Uh, we're trying to put together our 13 level course of study online. And so that's my job at this point in uh, working with metaphysics and parapsychology. Um, basically, I earned my doctorate in metaphysics uh, about three years ago. And um, I currently live half the year in Florida and half in New Jersey, and then spend some time going out to Colorado to see Kate. Yeah, and I am an equine-partnered life and business coach, an author, speaker, and animal communicator. I practice outside of Boulder, Colorado, but also travel to Los Angeles and other ranches and essentially help mostly women with their personal and professional development. And I'm really excited to introduce our listeners today to the mother wound. This is something that I had not really heard about until I believe a colleague brought it up to me. And then I found a course on Daily Ohm, uh, which I shared with my mom. And I said, let's talk about this for a couple different reasons. One, my mom and I have been through the mother wound and have to a large extent really healed it. I also work a lot with women who are going through this, and I'll chat a little bit more about that. Um, But also, it's coming up to be Mother's Day, and uh, my mom and I are also in a book with the Divas That Care Network called Our Mothers, Our Daughters, which is a compilation of different stories um, that really showcase uh, women who've gone through different situations in their mothering and really hope to provide inspiration um, around different transformational stories. And we have ours in there. And that is coming out. And you can check out more about that on absolutelovepublishing.com. And it's Our Mothers, Our Daughters. So, Mom, I know you had not known about the mother wound. And I told you about it. And then you did some awesome research. So what did you find out? What is? How would you define the mother wound? Yeah, it's so funny to not know about something that you have. (laughs) It's like having an illness and you don't even know you have it. Um, Obviously, well, maybe not so obviously. And that's the point is that all women have some form of the mother wound operating uh, within their bodies and their psychics. And I think what was most interesting to me as I did the research was to find out that the mother wound is not just one thing. And in the field of psychology, it actually identifies four different levels of the mother wound at the personal level, the cultural level, spiritual, and planetary level. 
So it really incorporates a lot of different areas, not just the mother-daughter relationship that we would think when you think the mother wound is about. Right. And essentially, what it essentially is, is something that, like any wound, it's happened through an experience or experiences over time that um, leave us feeling challenged, hurt, upset, um, angry, sad, you know, any of these kind of pieces. Um, and it's usually because a mother has been emotionally unavailable, critical, abusive, or even just absent, right? Not around for her children's needs. Um, it can happen with sons, but often it's talked about in the mother-daughter relationship. Um, and there's also something called the sisterhood wound as well, which is connected into this, um, but is not specifically about mother-daughter, which you're going to find an age difference, whereas you won't necessarily always find an age difference in the sisterhood wound. Um, and the sisterhood wound is a little bit different because it's really often a little bit more about competition and scarcity and different pieces there, um, jealousy and whatnot, whereas the mother wound's a little bit, a little bit more just um, around our identity kind of gets formed through the mother wound. So mom, why don't you talk about these different levels, which I find so interesting, right? You mentioned spiritual, planetary. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and, you know, the, the idea in therapy, they say that this is not a diagnosed mental illness, <laughs> but really when you look at it from a psychological perspective, it really does show up. Um, the behaviors that that exhibit themselves as a result of this wound um, really show up in these four ways. So in terms of the personal uh, relationship, that is the mother and the daughter as a one-on-one -on -one type of thing. Now, again, you know, when I say mother, or when we refer to the mother, it's not just the biological mother, the, the woman who had and birthed a child. It can mean many different female um, mothers who were in our life other than the one who gave birth. It can be stepmothers, godmothers, grandmothers, um, any female influencer that showed up in a child's life, an aunt perhaps, um, or a female teacher, uh, or even a sibling. It, But usually it's the person who was most responsible for caretaking or nurturing the child and yet what I found fascinating is that this sometimes doesn't show up as a result of childhood. It can show up later in life um, between a mother and a daughter. So who knows where it really came from on a personal level that really basically has to do with a mother that was emotionally unavailable or critical, abusive, just not um, attuned in some way to her child's needs. And as you mentioned, it can happen with sons, but most often it refers to the mother and the daughter. Then there's the um, cultural one, and there's a lot written on this, and it refers to the generational um, pain, I guess, to say the unfelt emotions of our mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers, uh, all of our unmothered ancestors. It's caused by passing down through the generations, and that's often the result of having lived in a patriarchal culture that is oppressive to women. As I said, you'll find a lot on this in terms of the patriarchy and how it has affected women. Um, 
it goes on in today's world in some areas uh, of the planet and with others, even here in the United States, when we think about how women are discriminated against and held down and we're taught from a very young age to um, to be to please these people that, and it may be the father or other male figures in the patriarchy that uh, we are responsible to answer to. So that's the second one is the uh, cultural one. On the spiritual level, the mother wound really has to do with life itself. Um, sometimes we feel a real almost existential uh, disconnection from a higher power, um, a sense of feeling alone that we don't have a connection to anything in the world. And then on the planetary level, um, I think we're hearing more and more about that, maybe not with the term mother wound, but it has to do with our disconnect from nature. Um, mother, mother Earth is what gives us life in many ways, but what have, how have we returned it with pollution? Um, stories about the extinction of species, species or um, not using our resources wisely in some way, whether it's climate or natural other natural resources. So those are the four areas that uh, when you talk about the mother wound on a larger scale, it can have to do with planetary or spiritual or cultural, as well as on a personal level. Yeah, and I think there is that important piece to note, which is, you know, some women have um, been raised by their grandmothers or they've been adopted or they didn't have a mother and their father took on the mother role, right? Both, both a mother and a father role. And so there's the, who is our mother, which is connected to the mother wound. And then there's also the, we are all mothers having that archetype inside of us too. So whether we mother our fur children or animals, or we're mothering our businesses, or we're mothering human children, um, there is a lot in both ways. We've, we are mothers and we've been mothered. And then the other, which isn't often talked about, is the whole inner child piece, which is how do we mother or reparent our inner children who are often, you know, have um, still have some fears and still have insecurities and still have, you know, potentially unprocessed traumas, large or small. And so there's a lot around that as well. So this, this is really, um, it's pretty intrinsic. And I feel like there's not a lot out there on this. Like it's not talked about as much as you think it would be being that we all have mother stuff, right? <laughs> like we all do. So um, why don't we talk about where, like the types of mothers that can potentially contribute the the most to the mother wounds like what are those types of mothers yeah on, on a personal level I see when you get down to the types of mothers it really boils down to almost the personal level and then um, the three that showed up most often as I was doing the research are the attacking mother the absent mother and the overbearing mother and the attacking mother, this is someone who just never learned her own coping skills. And she takes out her anger, frustration on the daughter in usually abusive ways. It can involve physical or even sexual abuse, but it very often just involves criticism or belittling behavior. And the idea that the child will never be good enough. And the child picks that up from the way she is treated by the mother. So that is one type of mother that um, we can look at when you want to talk about healing this. 
Well, the and that's where the negative self-talk comes from too, right? Like you've internalized that negative mother. And so you may call yourself, you know, mean things or be, you know, mean to yourself or others because that is what you learned. Like you learn that critical viewpoint, correct? Yes. It's the pattern that we picked up. And, you know, that's one of the problems with the mother idea is that there are very few people who want to go against their mother for any reason whatsoever. And so we we not only are looking for their love and approval, we also have the opposite. We don't want to do anything that will negate that or that we will harm them in any way uh, by not doing what they we believe they want us to do. Um, well, because so, yeah. what's so interesting, like the biggest thing I learned in psychology that kind of blew my mind, which it's like, it makes perfect sense, but we don't talk about it, is that when we're little, our entire survival instincts are tied to the mother, right? So if she's happy, if she's okay, if she's emotionally stable, then we're okay, right? Like, because we are literally fed. And now, obviously, there's a lot of other ways to bottle feed babies. But, you know, for the most part, it was like, you had to get the substance, you had to get your food from the mother, you had you were changed, you were clothed, you were kept safe through that pivotal relationship. Right. And even if we're call it there, let's say there's only a father or there's fathers, you know, and they're, then they're still playing that quote unquote role of the mother. Correct. So it's interesting how so much of our identity has our survival instincts is shaped around like, Oh my gosh, what does my mom think about me? How's my mom feeling? What's going on with my mom? And I found that actually translates interestingly to horses, that horses are always looking to their humans. Is my human safe? How's my human feeling? What's my human doing today? Because they're kept safe based on how we are. So it's really interesting that, you know, that it's like, it makes so much sense that we would put so much significance on that mother relationship and how the mother is doing. And also that it can cause a lot of quote unquote damage if it we have really, I'm going to call like mentally unstable or mentally, um, me, the you know, if there's women with mental health challenges that are, you know, raising children, right? It can be even harder. So anyways, that, I just had to mention yeah. that. Yeah, it's, no, so, it's true. Yeah. That, so another type of mother, uh, common type of um, mother that can cause the mother wound is the absent mother. Um, and this is the mother who may have died uh, in childhood, but or maybe was just not present due to divorce uh, for some reason. Um, it could be a mother that worked and the daughter was brought up by a different caretaker in some way. Um, and this brings about a certain vulnerability that involves being motherless. Um, it's interesting because that that's where I believe my wounds start. And that's one of the reasons I said for me, it happened a little later in life because my mom died when I was 19. And, but I was at a point at that time in my life where I was able to look at it with a little bit more wisdom and realize what some of the experiences now I needed to take care of myself because nobody was there. But then, for example, when you were born, Kate, I can remember many times sitting and holding you and in my head talking to my mom and saying what was it like when I was little and what would you do and so on and so forth you know we still always go back to that place um 
that we want to connect with that mother figure, whatever it would be. And, and in case of an absent mother, that mom is just not there. Um, the other point, point of this I thought was pretty interesting is that the absent mother doesn't necessarily mean a physical absence, but for example, if there are other children in the family and the the one the daughter might feel that the mother loves one of the other children more than her or spends more time with them. And that is often the case. I have a friend whose mom, whose brother was born after her and he had a problem with his foot, a leg. He he wasn't able to walk. And they had to go to therapy for him. And she was often just dragged along but no attention was paid to her. It was all paid to the little boy. So that brings out a mother wound. So, so the absence is not necessarily physical, but it can also be in a, in a situation where the mother's love or caretaking is not as much as the, the daughter needs. And that is a discrepancy right there. Well, also what is a big challenge today, and that this is what I see with my clients, is that we have the phone now as another child <laughs> that a lot of people are constantly on and taking care of, especially those that do have, you know, high power jobs. There's a lot, um, you know, or even if there is a divorce and they're, you know, you're co-parenting, I have, I have single mom clients, co-parenting clients, and also, you know, clients that have really big, big jobs. And so what happens is sometimes, the parent is there, the mother's there physically, but like, is their minds on work, their minds on other things, and they're not fully present. Like there's no actual present. Again, this is why I love partnering with horses because horses are always present and they force us to be present, to stay safe with them, to be with them. And so they really help people come into that present moment. And I'll often say like, Hey, no phones allowed in the arena with the horses. Like we have to really stay and that's when I find like the healing actually happens is when we become present with what's going on with ourselves mm -hmm. and with, with others. And um, yeah, it's, there's a lot there in this absent mother, I think today where, you know, there's just, there's so many working women now more so like you were a stay at home mom, which I was really lucky to have. And it's rare that we see that these days, right? There's almost both parents are always working. And so there's a lot in that space of, you know, how do you actually put the phone aside, right? I love telling people about technology Shabbat, Shabbats, like take 24 hours and like go play, go be outside, do board games, you know, but let's not, let's not always be attached to technology, you know, which is just always going to pull us away from things. And kids, that's that whole like kids tugging on their parents' shirt, mom, 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 because they know that their parent is somewhere else on their phone, right? So absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, and and there the third type is it's almost the opposite of what we're just talking about. Someone that's not present, not paying attention to it, and that's the overbearing mother. Um, there's an expression I had heard a long time ago, and it's called smother love. And it's the type of love that we give, but it it doesn't allow a person to really um, grow into their own self. 
the mother is overbearing with them and taking taking over whatever whatever the issue would be. They answer for if somebody asks a question of the child, they answer for the child. Um, it's it's she just loves too much, or at least that's what her interpretation of it is: is that she loves too much. But it really has to do with over controlling and not allowing the daughter to really experience life on her own terms. Um, and it may be for herself that she was never allowed to do that. And now she has an opportunity and steps into that role, but it comes a little too much. And so she's trying to live her life through her daughter. And that's one of the things that can often happen in the overbearing characteristic. Of and mothers. we talk a little bit about this in that book, Our Mothers, Our Daughters, because I would say that like my mother wound would potentially come in through this, which is that you know, there was a level of you being a stay-at-home mom and also going through menopause and all, all these things and having, and we moved like three times by the time I was seven, like where there was a lot of kind of instability and also you like wanting to get really involved in my life and, and, you know, my brother's life, not that I ever felt smothered. Cause I don't think I did, but there was some control stuff. Like you were very involved in the, you know, the PA in school and brownies and girl scouts. And like, I didn't, I was like trying to form my own identity. And I think it was like, so woven close to you, which is why like we would fight almost, I think so that I could have, my own voice and my own choices and you know so I think a lot of like it was well intended but you know I know for sure that you really don't have the overbearing anymore because you're like I moved across the country <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> I, and you know and all of that and but even now, like if, if like we don't talk for a couple of days, you're like, where are you? What's going on? I'm like, whoa, hey, you know, and I get to practice boundaries like I'm fine. You don't you know, we don't have to talk all the time. So it's a really, you know, there's there's a boundary piece in in the overbearing mother that we learn, which is one of the blessings of it. And it can be really well intended, but it also can be really subtle. The overbearing mother can be really subtle. Like you were just trying to be the best mom, but that then overdoing it at times right well, and, so. and that's, that is why they call it smother love really yeah you know it's it's just it does smother the child's natural instincts by the mother's natural instincts right you know and now it's like someone love bombs me in a romantic relationship I go like nuts because I'm just like whoa like I am not your source of love I am not your source of enoughness like that's inside of you we all have that inside of us right so it's interesting because like lately I've been fascinated with relationship styles and whether we're like anxious attached which is that overbearing avoidant attached which is that absent or anxious avoidant which is like we go between the two and all of them are based on codependency, right? And so in all of these, there's some misunderstandings about love and relationship and these things that happen in the mother wound. And then as adults or as we grow older, we get to really ideally work with professionals to understand that we can heal these things, right? Like that they, we may be acting out of the mother wound because that's what we learned in formative years, but now we can reparent ourselves and come into healthy independence and interdependence. That's not codependency, right? So anyways, I can get super on my platform yeah. about this. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> but, that's a good know. one because 
yeah, it really it really leads into what are some of the characteristics that show up when this wounding is really looked at. And, you know, basically it can be with yourself in relation to yourself, or it can be in relation with others. And you mentioned relationships is certainly one of them. You know, people who have identified or maybe even haven't identified their, their mother wound yet, um, but are interested to look at it is to see, are you in the middle of painful relationships? Or do you have unrealistic expectations about relationships? Because that can certainly come from the mother at some point. Um, so, you know, and with other people, I think one of the things that has certainly shown up in my life a lot is caretaking. Um, and I wouldn't, I will never say it's to the point of resentment and exhaustion, although they describe it that way sometime, but it's like over caretaking. Like you, you use the word setting boundaries. That's a really positive thing that particularly women need to do because we are not taught how to do that um, as daughters. Well, we're not and taught so how to prioritize ourselves like that because we have to prioritize the parents to stay safe. And then we move into prioritizing our children to keep them alive or prioritizing our partners. And then women are like the last for everything. Whereas if you look at the lead mare in the horse herd, she eats first. She makes great healthy choices. She, you know, she takes care of herself so she can take care of others, right? Like you have to put your max oxygen mask on first. It's not selfish. It's actually a healthy thing, but we have to flip the switch. And the patriarchy without a doubt has been like, no, 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 no. Women are here to take care of men. Women don't have a voice and a choice. Men get to do that. You come second. And it's like, whoa, like, you know, we have to dismantle that so that there's more equality in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's where the cultural piece certainly comes in very, very strongly. And that's not just recent. That is, you know, 2000 years or more, you know, we right. patriarchal society. So we have, you know, many, many, many years of believing that we needed to answer to men in some form or another um, and be subservient to them. Well, and not ask for and receive support, right? Like our needs are not as important or, you know, and then what does happen is that you have a lot of like depleted women who are resentful and then men are like, why are you resentful? And it's like, you know, like I talked to a friend recently and she's like, I have a man child for a husband. And I was just like laughing because I was, you know, it's like all she's doing is, you know, being of service but then you know she's frustrated because she also has her own dreams and her own things that she'd like to do too and I think that's what happens sometimes like you know I always say to women if you're going to become a mother do it with a lot of consciousness and a lot of mindfulness because you are going to put your kids first for a long time and you'll have to find ways to balance for your own needs um but anyways, there's a whole lot, I think now, luckily we did a podcast on goddesses around like, how do you receive, right? How do you step into the energy of the goddess so that it's more balanced, you know, because we're not meant to be burnt out and depleted. I also did a podcast on burnout. So <laughs> all these things. <laughs> they all come together in some way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what else do you see in the characteristics of how the wound shows up? Well, in terms of um, with one thing that it has shown up a lot uh, for people that I happen to know is waiting for permission, uh, particularly the mother's permission or approval before 
something, they make a major life choice. Um, very often they'll wait for their husband's permission. But in terms of the mother wound, it really often comes back to, to that, is waiting for some type of permission or approval before they do something. Um, I think in terms of self, because as I said, there are two ways that this shows up in relation with only, may, only mostly two ways, but certainly many ways, but in relation with others and in relation with self. And I think sometimes women feel that they must remain small or quiet or good in order to be accepted and loved because they were told as children, stop running around, don't be so noisy, you know, and so on and so forth. And so when we start to realize that that's also happening with us as an adult, that can sometimes happen in fear of failure or being disapproved by doing something. And at the same time, fear of success or fulfillment. And both of those, they can kind of seesaw with each other. Um, and it has to do with not being able to actualize your own full potential, um, because in some way it threatens others, you know, to do something. Yeah, there's so many layers here. I mean, I see it as like a lot of women I know, like are the good girl, right? And so eventually want to do a workshop specifically on this where it's like, we're not too much or too this or too that, or like, we're always being told what to do or how to speak or what. And it's like, where's our own intuitive voice on, you know, in our hearts and like what we actually are here for. And we're not meant to live in these boxes that everyone puts us in um, or judgments or all, you know, there's so much like even stereotyping around how women are supposed to be. Um, but ultimately there's, a lot of this boils down to feeling either shameful, feeling not enough, going into any types of guilt, like, oh, I shouldn't have, you know, priorities mm -hmm. or, you know, or even just like a lot of my, my clients, it's like using your voice. How do you use your voice to speak up for yourself in a kind and firm way, right? Like the way the horses are both very gentle and loving, but also very powerful and strong and clear it's like blending those right and like the mother wound at its worst can show up in like really like self-harm it can show up in addiction it can show up in in really big perfectionism um you know in in really big people pleasing so there's kind of there's kind of a lot um of ways <laughs> that this wound can show up and and then it can also really show up in romantic relationships right where you know it's like being in that space where they're looking to have like what we didn't get from our moms somehow get replaced with our partner which is not right. healthy either right, right. so right. I I think like we're going to talk about how to heal the mother wound here in a minute but it's like one of the first pieces is like to not be scared of this, to just know that it's like, it's a little more common than we all talk about. <laughs> we all know. And to kind of look at it. And I remember like one of the women that I know who also has her master's in spiritual psychology, like we both do. She talked about it in regards to romantic relationships. And she said, like, often women don't want to confront this, as you said earlier, because we don't want to see anything bad about our moms, right? Like, oh, mm -hmm. but my mom did this or that. And like, I found either people want to hate on their moms or they want to make their moms saviors and saints and never see anything bad about them. And the truth of the matter is we're all perfectly imperfect humans doing our best to live lives. Some have mental health issues and really cause 
a decent amount of damage in kids and some are doing the best they can and just make mistakes. Right. And ultimately I just am excited about, you know, now today's age, there's a lot of conscious parenting classes, right? There's a lot of like mindfulness. There's a lot more therapist support. There's a lot more coaching. I love coaching women around parenting, which I never thought I'd do because I don't have kids, right? At least I don't have human kids. So I just think it's so neat. And you and I have completely transformed the majority, I would say, of our mother moon, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why we're in that book. We talk about our story of transformation. Um, But sometimes there's just also like misunderstandings that don't get healed. And sometimes there's also just like, like the timelines are off. Like you and I both had hormonal issues at the same time, right? I was becoming a teenager. You was going through menopause and that caused some major friction, you know, and it took some time to actually heal that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the comments that I'd make in terms of healing, Kate, is that um, it happens. <laughs> you know, I, I I think that is, we have to have hope that there's nothing set in stone forever. It doesn't have to be. And even if a parent has passed, a mother has passed, and there's healing that has to be done, that can be done at that level just as well. And I think it's important for people to understand that but the the ultimately the mother wound is really not about our mothers in, in the very end, but it's about women owning our own gifts without shame, without blame. It's understanding who we are and owning that and stepping into that at some point. Um, so there there are strategies that that we can use that will help to do that. And one of the things that I like to do after these podcasts is I like to type up um, some information and I put it on the Metaphysical Center's website. And because they're in the process of revamping that right now, it's gonna be a little while before it's available. But once you've seen this podcast, you should be able to get on to get it. But we share some really good ideas on what you personally can do to own your own gifts and start to heal this mother wound in you. Yeah, so we only have a couple minutes left. And I think, you know, I'm just going to read some of the ones that you had looked into. And then I'm going to share my favorite. And you can share your favorite. So journaling, really processing your feelings about all of this, getting clear with it, um, and sitting with it and loving those, those places being with the grief of it. And the appreciation as well. Meditation, um, really going through a process. I like to do like healing of memory work that we got trained in, healing the inner child work, coming to a place of gratitude and forgiveness. And part of forgiveness can really be some ancestral work or the whole Pono uh, Hawaiian prayer. Um, Clearing statements through access consciousness I love. Um, and I also love constellation work, family, internal family systems and constellation work to really put things back into right, uh, right order um, and wholeness. And then gratitude, right? Even if we've been abused, um, kind of coming to that place of compassion and gratitude for the fact that our soul is still learning and growing. And that can take some time. And often we need support to get to that place, especially if there has been, um, if, if the mother wound is pretty significant. So, but gratitude that it's really shaped us into things. And many women find 
service paths because they have the mother wound. I really got clear. The reason I'm working in a place called the, was called the mother and is because so much of my service is around this. And for me, my favorite, and I'm going to ask you yours, mom, is I always remind women that the original mother is mother earth. And just to sit and ground, drop a grounding cord and connect to earth and all the animals in nature, and of course my favorite are the horses, you can be refilled and refueled through that unconditional love, presence, acceptance of Mother Earth and the animals. And that can really restore any type of depletion you might feel around this mother moon and really help remind you that you are naturally um, a whole and complete being that has wonderful gifts. So that's my favorite work is to help people do that. Um, and I do, <laughs> I found myself also being in places where I'm mediating between mothers and daughters and really helping them to hear each other and to hear that there's a lot of love there no matter what. So what would you say yours is mom? One of the things that I like the best is in journaling, um, is to actually write out some of the thoughts that you have. You have your own mother wounds to think about, but if you can go back and use your imagination and go back and think about your, your own mother or your grandmother and think what were they like as a little girl? Um, how might they have been wounded by their own mothers? And how does that change then when you think about your grandmother, you know, mothering your mother, and then your mother mothering you. Um, what What is a pattern that you might see in there? And if you can, um, can see what the relationship was like and how that affected you in some way, I think it's really helpful when you're able to look at it from that perspective as well as your own. Yeah, and that is similar to, you know, I love Marion. Marianne Williamson's work, Return to Love, and also Course in Miracles, because it says if we really knew what someone else had been gone, has someone else has gone through, you know, their traumas or their, you know, challenges, their upbringing, that we would understand things so much more, right? So to lift above it and have that perspective, just to first even get into neutrality and a level of acceptance, we don't have to like any of it, but then we can, you know, do some of the healing work when we're more neutral with it. So that way um, we can then come into compassion, which is really that high level of spiritual and metaphysical energy of, and gift to, to be um, in forgiveness and compassion with, oh yeah, this is my mom and her mom and their mom. Like they were doing the best they could with the resources and wisdom they had available to them at that time, right? And that, that belief system can really let them off the hook and let us off the hook. So it's not about perfection. It's about progress. And really that's like the goal with, I think this podcast is to get people to realize like, there's always a, there's always support for any of these things that we're going through. There's always more wisdom that we can understand and bring in to our lives and apply and, you know, become better versions of ourselves over time and to really have that patience and the progress. I work with a lot of moms who just want to be perfect moms. Hey, you're going to mess it up sometimes. It's okay. Like it's messy, you know, life is messy. It's all okay. Like, can we forgive ourselves? Can we forgive others? And, you know, each day is a new day, right? So hopefully and sharing our story, if you want to check out 
our mothers, our daughters, um, really reading other women's stories about what they've gone through can help um, you feel potentially less alone. Um, for Mother's Day, honor your own inner mother and the way you love Earth and the way you love children, whether they're your children or other children. Um, and, you know, honoring that original Earth Day and Mother Day, Mother's Day are close. And, you know, they're really, that's our original mother. So if you can sit on earth and just give thanks to the substance below your feet, um, regardless of what you've been through in the motherhood journey. And um, thanks for listening. I helped or inspired in some way. And please share this if you know someone else that's kind of struggling. And if anyone would love to um, get the resources, eventually Metaphysical Center website, Absolute Love Publishing website for the book. And then feel free to reach out to me through katenelligan.com if you want to get some doses of unconditional love from the animals and natures to really um, refuel you and, and help you process things. And I'd be happy to create that safe and loving space for you um, in person or even virtually. So any final comments, mom, that you want to share? Um. Yeah, there's a lot more, obviously. There's a lot of things that could be talked, but I really think you've covered it very nicely, Kate, because I think if we can end with gratitude uh, for the lessons that we've had and we will continue to have and forgiveness, both for ourselves, for maybe misunderstanding what we didn't know um, and forgiveness um, for the situation that we have been in in this lifetime with the mother that we've had. Um, I think gratitude and forgiveness are really are really the two most essential elements that we can we can do at this point. I love that. And I would add just acknowledging anyone listening and or sharing this that you're doing brave work, even like listening to this, even confronting this, even thinking about it, because these are significant things in our lives, significant experiences, wounds, and um, relationships. And when we're willing to do the work, we show the universe we're willing to change. And through that comes the transformation that our hearts and our souls really seek. So thank you so much for even just listening and taking it in and sharing it because you are doing brave work and this is not a little thing. This is a big deal. So we just really appreciate you. And thank you so much, mom, for your willingness to do the work with me to improve our relationship over the years. I'm so grateful for you. And that's um, mutual gratitude, Kate, for sure. Yeah. We well, both thank you so much. We have, and we've done, we still have pieces of it because life is a journey, but we ultimately, um, take time to really see each other's point of view I think always and listen and, and I, I said this to someone the other day like stay in the conversation long enough to reach compassion like don't get so self-righteous that you lose the happiness or connection you know just let's stay in the conversation so that the that we can get back and return to love and conversely if it's toxic you have my permission and the universe is to also let it go and to take care of yourself and put yourself first. So there's that too. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.